everybody, and welcome back to the Veterinary Optimist. Today, we are starting a new segment. So I've got Denise here with me. One, welcome, Denise. Hello. Hello. And we have decided that part of our episodes of us getting together and having conversation, we're going to add in a new element, which is called social social sessions. That's hard to get out. Say that three times fast. Um, and the premise nope. of these episodes, <laughs> right, are um, Denise and I follow a lot of veterinary support groups on social media. And a lot of times we see these comments come in where we can relate so deeply with the people posting them. And we are on these support groups so that we can provide support and even get support because, you know, like life is not always easy. And so a part of that is, is when we see these, these posts come in, how would we comment on them? What would our response be? So on these episodes, you're going to hear us read off a couple social media. We're not going to be using names or anything like that, but we're going to read off these posts and we're going to respond in a way that we would, if we were actually typing it out on the support group itself. Denise, does that sound like a good overview of what we're doing here? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Perfect. All right. Um, and we actually just picked out a couple today. We haven't had much time to really sit with any of them. So these are kind of like raw in the moment answers that we're going to be going through. It'll be interesting to see how we um, flow through this episode. Cause it's, it sounds to me like it's going to pretty much sound like 90% of our conversations. <laughs> so I, I agree. I like the word flow a lot, a lot. Yeah. We'll see if other people uh, find us as interesting as we find ourselves. <laughs> Not likely, but let's give it a <laughs> yeah, shot. I know. I know. I'm okay with that. Okay. So I'm going to start by reading the first one and then we're just going to jump right in. Okay. Great. Please yes. know that I'm reading these pretty much word for word and that um, they will very much so sound like somebody who is seeking advice on a, on a support group. Okay. So. The first one is, hi, I'm looking for input on how to ask for a raise. I know the majority of us are underpaid as a whole, but to make this short, it has come to my knowledge that I'm actually being underpaid in comparison to fellow staff and in comparison to what some in my position at my clinic should be getting. I've been at my clinic for almost 10 years. I'm a licensed vet tech and I have been licensed the entire time. I am also a lead at my hospital and I take on extra tasks. I'm flexible with not only my scheduling, but my availability. And I also have the backing of several of the doctors that have said they trust and enjoy working with me. I'm currently making $7 more than what is offered to our minimum hiring wage for non-licensed receptionist. VAs, RVTs, LVTs, CVTs have a different hourly minimum, and I do not currently know what those rates are. My fear is that it's not much less than what I make now. How do you bring up the subject? Was there negotiation involved? Do I aim for my highest when I'm talking to them so I can barter down to my lowest? How do I professionally tell my employer that unless I get this raise, I will be looking into new clinic opportunities? Most clinics in my area high RBTs close to my rate at this point, and that's not taking into account the leadership or the 10 years of service that I've put in. Did any of you ask for a raise and not get it? If so, 
Were there some things that you were able to do to work around that? I've never been in this position before, but I want to go in determined and professional. I'm not some superstar, but I am always learning things that I didn't know before. And I know my worth and it's worth what I'm getting more than what I'm getting right now. I don't want to leave because I love my team, but it's coming down to a point where I just cannot financially afford it anymore. I either have to get paid more, find a clinic that pays more or get a second job, which would really suck because again, I really do love where I'm at. Any input and advice would be very much appreciated. Oof. Oof. Um, so this one, this, this one hits, this one hits close to home for me. Um, I, uh, I, I can not sympathize, but empathize uh, with her situation for sure. Um, and Jen, you framed this up perfectly. Like, what would you type, right? Like, what would we type to the, if we were on this forum and we were, you know, responding to this person and offering some support and input around it. And my first visceral reaction of when I read that was, girl, don't let this affect your self-worth. Don't you let this get turned into a low self-esteem thing for you and um, protect, protect, right? Like uh, that was the first instinct that I had because, um, yeah, I went through it. I went through it hard. And you can start to tell yourself a lot of stories. A good friend of mine, Jen Evans, she says the lies are loud. Mm -hmm. And I... Um, we can really start to tell ourselves stories about, well, they don't think I'm good enough and they don't appreciate me and they don't, you know, and all these things and reinforce this story in your head that will do nothing. It feels like it's lighting up motivational fire, but it's actually for most, in most cases, it can be a dangerous place. Um, So that's my first just like boom, right? Um, instinct around it. I got a few more, but what do you think? Okay, so I'm going to give my first initial reaction because Let's where you went into protection mode, right? I went mm -hmm. into defensive mode because part of why I struggled with my last few years in clinic before I made this made this jump onto my new journey was how hard it was to get everybody to understand what goes into running a clinic specifically financially. Right. Yep. And I think some of that was that I didn't know until I was put in that position. And then when you're there and you don't, you're not really trained on how to, best handle that with people. I mean, when you're talking about their money and their livelihood, those are hard conversations. And for everybody to be understood and heard and seen, if, if you're not trained with it, right? Like you're, you're not prepared to take on that weight. In my opinion, I wasn't mm -hmm. prepared to take on that weight. Right. And so I go into this defensive mode thinking, just, just make sure when you go to them that your understanding of how much it costs to like do payroll and how much it costs for insurance and how much it costs to pay bills and how much it costs to buy products. And, and 
yet I was also the one that really had to work hard to get to a point where I was paid well enough to not have to have a second job or not to have. Yes. Yeah. And, and so there's so many different moving pieces with how I received it, but my initial response to it was that I bristled a little bit and I'm like, you just don't, I hope you really understand just before you go in, like you deserve it. You deserve it. Just please be open-minded to the other side of the, the coin, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was my initial. Yeah. That, it, I mean, it's gotta be such a huge consideration, right? And, and both parties, right. On either side of this negotiating table have valid reasons for the exchange of pay for services rendered. Right. And, um, diving into that discussion, you know, it's interesting, protective, defensive, right. We're using like these like really kind of strong emotional words for a discussion like this, because yeah, it, it is, it is hard. So I, I, I guess my, you know, as we kind of think about this a little bit more, one of the the things this girl, um, I think she's laid it out pretty well, right? She's kind of, she's got her, her her ducks in a row as far as here's what I bring to the table. Here's what I've done. You know, here's what I know. Um, but my, she started with people with less experience, less tenure at this facility than me are getting paid either the same or more. And now I feel underpaid. And the second question is, did did you feel underpaid before you found that out? Right? Like there has to be a little bit of an evaluation there. She ends it with, I'm going to have to get a second job or I'm going to have to go somewhere else. She didn't start with that. And that makes me, I'm, I'm sure she's being sincere, right? On, on all fronts. But I wonder which came first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For me, Denise, the way, when you say that like that, right, my, where I'm sitting in my thought process, when you talk about that is when she found out Mm. and she decided to put this plan into action, was it based off of in this envy or jealousy of what someone else had, or is it based off of this? outcome and this end game that she has to get to so that she can provide for her family. Right. Because heading towards something beautiful is much different than starting off in such a place of a negative emotion, in my opinion. Ah, comparison girl. It's a killer. Mm -hmm. Right. It it just is. So if you're going off comparison like that, when you think about that, comparison is the killer of all joy, right? Like if you think about that, if you're comparing yourself to someone else, you're already mm-hmm. starting this conversation in such a negative space, right? If you mm-hmm. if you want something that you deserve because you're doing X, Y, and Z, for me, I think the best way to get to that place is to take the comparison, the negative emotion out of it that you're that you're fighting with. Yep. Get to the truth and the fact that you need to be here. And then from this place of like, here I am, I'm coming to you with what I perceive is like this, this issue, like, here's where I need to be like the space between here and there 
sit in a, in a space of seeking to understand like yep whatever's between here and there sit there and, and seek to understand and hopefully their leadership will do the same thing you know agreed agreed so then what's her you know okay okay so yep let's frame this up so first of all right let's if you're coming from a place of comparison right then pause self-evaluate right get recentered let's figure out what this is really about and then let's kind of look at i need to make more money or i want to make more money both are valid both are valid um and i think the the both of those places coming from both of those places opens up that space that you just talked about, Jen, right? Like I'm open to negotiate this, you know, I want to, or I need to, and I want to do it here. I want to do it here real bad, right? She wants to stay where she's at. She likes it there, which God bless, right? Like that's even, that's amazing. That's a big deal. Um, it, it is a big deal. And Denise statistics show that people will take less money if they're happy with their surroundings, but that's certainly not going to happen whenever you have this negativity sitting on your shoulder saying, but they have this and yep. I have that and they have this. Yep. And, and, and that's, I, I think that's a, a big deal. Okay. So continue. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I also think, right. There's gotta be this. Um, I kind of feel like you and I are taking almost like kind of the roles on opposite sides of the table, which is really good. Right. For, um, for us personally, if we were just talking by ourselves, but also for everyone listening, hopefully uh, right. that, you know, we're kind of taking on these perspectives, but I also think that, you know, companies have to start to, especially over the past few years when we've had this like mass exodus out of the veterinary industry. And there are companies like, you know, you know, the main coffee shop, right? Like that, that has a shop on every corner that I don't even want to advertise them on your podcast. However, they're paying more then a lot of, you know, people that work in veterinary clinics are making and what people are doing, it, people that work in a coffee shop work hard. I'm not dismissing what they do. Um, but in a medical facility, which is what a veterinary clinic is, people need to understand that, right? It's 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 challenging. It's a difficult job and there's a whole nother skill set. So um, these practice owners, corporations, whoever makes these budgets and, and these decisions, they are faced with, we have got to get people to come and work for us. And part of the way we're going to do that, hopefully it's not the only part, hopefully culture is a big, big consideration, but in part money, right? We're going to have to up our game. Okay. Company owner, whatever you are, how are you rewarding the loyalty? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. You are faced with this very real decision, but sweetheart, I'm going to sit you down. I'm going to put my hands on your shoulders and say, how are you taking care of the ones that are loyal that aren't leaving? Um, and, and that's, that's a responsibility of, of a leadership team. I completely agree with you. I think in this specific post case, I think that if this said company or said clinic had a reward system for loyalty, 
had mm-hmm. some way to show their appreciation that was clearly defined for loyalty, I think they would have a much different post on their hands because they this this person would feel her appreciation for being there as mm-hmm. long as she's been there, right? Yeah, so absolutely I, right. I completely agree with this aspect of of the of having a defined loyalty program as to say right yeah so i think it's and and, and that's and i think that's part of the i think that's part of what i'm talking about whenever you go in like with your starting goal knowing what your ending goal needs to be right like part of that seeking to understand is like it if both parties are gonna have to give a little to get a little right or whatever is a good statement in this scenario where like, if you're going to have to meet in the middle for everybody to get what they need in this, in this scenario, right? Like that's where the seeking to understand comes in. Like if there's not a, in my opinion, if there's not a loyalty club appreciation, if there's Mm -hmm. not a clearly defined pay scale in ways that people can get raises, if there's not, those things like that could be part of her conversation when she goes to leadership asking for a raise, like, Hey, yes, we have this. And if not, like I'm coming to you right now to negotiate a raise. Maybe part of that can be that I will lead a, a small team of putting together what a pay scale would look like for a clinic like ours and what other clinics do for uh, loyalty appreciation. Maybe we can, put together a proposal and show that to somebody. I mean, I don't know if this clinic's a corporate company or a privately owned practice. And I think that has a lot to do with it, but you know, like maybe that could be some of the give a little, get a little right. And, and, and meeting in the middle. And I think that that's part of when she goes in, that should be part of her mindset of like, help me understand what this looks like. Help me understand if I can be a part of changing it. And, and, can we get to a place that we're both comfortable with that? I don't disagree, okay. uh, but I'm, I'm going to push back <laughs> a, a little bit here. I think um, one of the things that I learned very early on in therapy. Shout was, out, Ryan. Shout out, Ryan. <laughs> the power of the full stop. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Jen, what, and, and this might just be my filter of what I'm hearing you say, but let, I don't know. Let can we call this girl someone? Let's call her. Can we call her Sam? Is that no, okay? We're going to call her Sam. I like the name. Sam. Okay. So Sam is ready to go in. And I know Jen, that what you're saying, your intention is, Hey, we've got to be open-minded. We've got to be right. And those sorts of things. And those are all very healthy things. However, if we're in a interaction with someone where we want something out of the interaction and it is likely that the person we're in the interaction with does not want the same thing as us okay i don't want to pay you more or i would have mm. okay um that is their stance right now as it stands that's their stance so it the power of the full stop is this Okay, Jen Jen wants to do the next podcast tomorrow. I've got other things going on, right? And I start 
kind of negotiating like, hey, okay, I'm going to call Jen and then we're going to get on the phone. And I'm going to say, hey, Jen, I know you want to do this tomorrow, but, um, you know, I'm not, I'm, I, I don't really think I can. And, but, but here's the thing, cause I got, I got a lot of other stuff going on and, and, you know, do you think that maybe we could, we could work on it for Saturday or we could right? and I'm already giving you all these other, you know, solutions and I'm feeding it to you. That's because of my insecurity in stating what my needs are and where my boundaries are. So the power of the full stop looks like, hey, Jen, this is really important to me and I want to do the next podcast with you, but I'm unable to do that tomorrow. Full stop. It's kind of like no is a full sentence. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little bit like that. So, so I, it what takes to me like, 30 minutes to explain Jen does in one sentence. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so I, so because in me, in my mind, but Denise, this is important. And I like that you push back on it because in my mind, I think where I'm at is like, maybe this is me sitting with my rose colored lenses on and believing the best in people. Right. Because I'm sitting here with the thought of like, this leadership's also going to be like, yes, I want to get us to this place of where everybody's happy. And like, I want to do this. <laughs> yeah. So how do we do it together? And like, you're over here and you're probably right for the majority of it. It's like, if I wanted to pay you that, I would have, but maybe that's me believing the best in people. But I do believe that even if you're thinking of a a mind business, business mindset, that even if you're talking in two letter sentences to hear the full sentence before you respond or to even consider that they also have to find a place where everybody can bend a little, even themselves. You're before, so right. Before saying your full sentence, no, which is a completely legitimate answer. Um, I just think that there has to be this space of like, let me hear what your thoughts are. I'm going to tell you my thoughts. And then from there, the both of us can decide if we can come to a solution. I heard mm-hmm. this one time and it, it stuck with me so much. I've even used it like, in in many different um, scenarios and I kind of really believe it which is weird because I'm not like a, a selfish human but I once heard that when in business that you are in a perfect place to serve each other when you can both benefit the person's most selfish moment mm-hmm. whether it's the clinic's most selfish moment or the client's most selfish moment forgive my cat like he's absurd but whether it's um whether it's their most selfish moment or your both your most selfish moment if you can serve each other in those times like mm-hmm. that is a that is a healthy spot for agreeance when it comes to a work relationship and i'll give you an example yeah. right so it, i worked for a um I worked for a big corporate company, right? And part of my goal was to make sure that clinics were happy with our services, right? And their goal was to have all of their stuff working well and to be able to use it in their clinic wherever their everyday needs. So in their most selfish moments, they want their stuff working and they want it working well. And in my most selfish moments, Like I want them to be talking about like how well their stuff works, not only to other people, but to feel comfortable with our relationship and to 
for the boss and our greater good and all of our KPIs or whatever. And yep. because of that, yep. I served that position well. I served the client well because I was helping their most selfish moment. And I loved many other things about our relationship. Like I love being close to them. I love doing all of these things. I love getting to know them. I love being, you know, a support system, all of that stuff. But in their most selfish moment, I served them well. And, and in my most selfish moment, they served me well. And I think that that there's something really to be said for that. Is that yep. weird that I'm like this super loving, yeah. emotional person, but then I bring a little bit of that aspect in when it comes to like a, a work relationship and like serving each other? No, it's not weird at all because you're supporting self-love, mm. right? Like that's the way I view it. Is, that's good. Wait, you know what I mean? That is what you're saying, Jen. It is right. what you're saying. The word selfish is in there and it puts like a, like a, you know, it can raise an eyebrow, right? Especially right. for those of us that try to be careful and cognitive of those things. But um, like, hey, there are moments where I need to be selfish and do, do I have a support system around me that says that's okay. Right, right now you can be, and I'm going to help you do that. And corporations can do that for employees. You know, practice owners can do that. And employees can do it for the corporations and for clients and for right all those things. So, no, I think it's beautiful. I don't think it's weird. So, Denise, you know what I love about us having this portion of this conversation? Is it's almost unlocked a different thought process on, because we're about to get to, like, what we'd officially say on this post, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of unlocks this entire thing of, like, in our most selfish moments in this conversation, like, if I am this... If I'm this leadership and you are this technician that has come to me at our most selfish moments, you need to feed your family. You are going to get to be able to provide for your family. Mm -hmm. full stop. That is your full stop that there's not anything that's not going to get to that point in some form or fashion. Right. That's right. That's right. And for me in my, mo in my most selfish moment, I need to be able to pay the bills. Right. Yep. Like mm -hmm. I need to be able to pay the bills. So if you need this and I need that, maybe part of this conversation is going back to what Lisa and I talked about when it comes to KPIs and financial transparency, right? Like, right. like you're in an intimate moment with your leadership. You, and I'll get your opinion on this. Like you disclose the finances you need to be able to be comfortable in your life and what that number looks like, right? Mm -hmm. And then your leadership also has financial transparency and discloses like what these bills look like. Products are expensive, right? Yep. And, uh, payroll is expensive. Insurance is expensive. Paying bills is expensive. Getting to that baseline takes a lot of money for any clinic, mm -hmm. no mm -hmm. matter the size, it takes a lot of money, right? So if you see that financial transparency of what baseline looks like, and then you know what your number is, then what does that conversation look like of, of, okay, Denise, you want a $5 an hour raise that, that gets to, or you want the appreciation fund for anybody who's been loyal to our clinic. Mm -hmm. And that looks like X amount of money, right? For us to cover that X amount of money additional to our baseline, which is already a hundred thousand dollars a month just to run this practice, right? We have to yep. run maybe let's say a hundred extra diagnostic panels in a month in-house. Like that's how we're going to make up that amount. Is that to you? Do, how do you, how does that conversation feel to you 
when it goes like when you're when you're entering into this conversation yeah i so as like you know reading through her post and you know i kind of had said she's got her ducks in a row like here's why i deserve the raise Mm -hmm. right and your what you're pushing forward in this conversation which is which is vital is being ready and open to the pushback right because once again this is why i think the full stop will you know could avoid this whole negotiation process, she may go in and say, Hey, um, you know, I need, need to talk to you. I just kind of evaluated my budget. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at some things and things are running really, they're starting to become uncomfortable for me financially. And I need, I need a $5 an hour raise. And somebody might look at her and be like, done. You deserve it. Next paycheck. I mean, right? Not likely, but it 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 could happen. Um, but what you're saying is when they and the likely answer will be, well, you know, that's a lot. We're not going to be able to do that. You're very important to us. However, right? She's got to be ready. But then though that's the second piece, Jen. You're you're spot on in my opinion, would be if they say, Hey, money is tight for us too. Then to say, okay, what are the plans in place to increase profitability? What projects can I help with so that this is affordable to you? And what does that time frame look like? And how do we measure it, right? Smart goals. Um, so for her to be at the ready for that is extremely important um, because maybe they won't have answers. And if they don't have a plan in place to increase profitability to the point where they can't increase pay for a 10-year-old employee that's loyal and valuable and contributing uh, more than normal, then they better, they need to. Mm. And she can be the catalyst for that. Mm. Okay. So we've determined a couple of things here. One, um, anytime that we're going to respond to a support post, um, we're going to get together first craft our answer and then we'll just respond like hey jen and denise decided jd this is how how we're going to answer this post um and then (laughs) um, two we are also deciding that taking the comparison portion out of the conversation has to be the first step okay it has to be the first step for her emotional well-being Agreed. Right. Because it's such a negative place to start any conversation. It just is. It just is. And it may take her a while to get that raise, right? If she ends up in that space where they say, hey, um, you know, we've got to run, you know, m- more comprehensive blood work panels. Like we're just not recommending them. We're not suggesting them. We're not get- gaining compliance on this. And she jumps in that. What if it takes three months? Right. So she that during that three month period or however long that may take, if she decides to stick around for it, um, if she the entire time is feeling that comparison and low self-worth and telling her those stories, um, that that's going to be torture. Mm. I, I, I can say that from experience. I agree. Okay. So we take the comparison out of it and then we go in with our end goal as a non-negotiable and then we figure out how to get there, even if the journey to the end goal 
looks a little different than what you expected when you first walked in to the, the meeting. Yeah, absolutely. And then have examples. Like she, you know, had put out, like, I do extra things, right? Like they may say like, well, why do you think you deserve that raise? She's got it. Right. But she just might get a little bit more detailed. The only other thing that I would suggest for her would be to, um, have, have, you know, hopefully they have, uh, performance reviews, right. For their employees. And she can say, you know, Hey, on my last review, you asked me to improve on this and this, and I have. Right. And so having those things at the ready, I think is extremely important as well for an employee that's going into that position. I completely agree. And that brings up another point that you and I are at some point having a conversation around performance reviews, because how is that different than a one-on-one meeting to just check in with and and be prepared for feedback um, Mm -hmm. versus like an actual review and how often that happens. So we're going to be circling back. Yeah, we have. Oh my God. Yes. I know. I totally agree. (laughs) Yeah. We we can't chase that rabbit today though. Okay. (laughs) All right. So I really like that. We're going to do one more. We originally planned on three, but it's not shocking at all that we get so chatty (laughs) and deep into our answers that we're only going to have time for two, which I'm, I'm completely at peace with because we'll save the third one for next time because this has been a lot. Yeah. Okay. This is good. Sounds good. All right. Let's see. Let me read the next one. Um, Ooh, this is a good one because I, and and I'm almost going to be answering this one, like completely unprepared, um, because I wanted to come, um, right off the, right off the hip with this one. Okay. So, okay. Okay. All right. I'm reading this word for word. So it says, Hey, all I'm more venting more. I'm venting more than anything. Do you ever come across people who have dominant personalities, but use it as an excuse to be rude as hell? I work with a vet tech who tends to talk down to people because she does have a little bit more of a tough girl attitude. She tried it on me earlier and I said, don't talk to me like that. I wasn't aware of the new protocol. She hasn't done it to me since, but it, but ugh, I don't have to work with her a lot and hate when I do have to hear her talking to people like they're dirt under her shoe. I probably have an intimidating personality as well, but I try my best to treat people how I want to be treated. Please, thank you, excuse me. They all go a long way. Being a leader doesn't mean pushing over on others. I think she's stressed out and has a lot going on. I have sat down and given her advice and tried to lend her a hand, but I don't like being spoken to like like I'm a child. So so that post, Denise, I mean, clearly that's her venting. Um, Yes. But I'm curious, like, how do like, what is our response for this one? Do we respond in a way of, um, of (laughs) that girl check her shit? Yeah. Yeah. Giving her, (laughs) right. Right. Like, do we, well, for me, it's like, do we respond in a way of like validating or do we respond in a way of like helping give her advice for a way that she could handle this situation? if she wanted to kind of like stand up for her team yep, that's experiencing this. So I'm going to leave it right there and see what you think. Like, what did that post? How did you, what do you feel about that post? Okay. Okay. So for me, Jen, this circles back to one of our previous episodes where we talk about um, kind of how 
teams show up for each other um, can actually affect the level of patient care and client service that's being rendered in a clinic, right? So I've, I've, you know, I gave examples of, you know, getting in a conflict with a doctor and then going and taking x-rays on Chloe and not treating Chloe the way Chloe deserves to be treated in that moment. So for me, I, I'm thinking this because I mean, it's not just veterinarians. It's not just doctors. There are people in every place of business that get excused with that's just how they are. And treating people poorly should not be excused. Period. <laughs> and I just, I wonder if she approaches it in a way of, hey, um, I need, I need to talk with you. I think I get your personality. You know, I, I understand like you let things roll off your back and you kind of just want to get to the point and you're not like the touchy feely kind. I get all of that. I understand it. Right. All of that is okay. Um, but what I'm noticing is people that interact with you have a tendency to lead, walk away from the interaction with a negative feeling. And then I wonder how that's affecting them when they interact with our clients and when they take care of our patients. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. See what she says. Ooh, Denise, wow, you took this. I wasn't prepared for that answer because we didn't really go over this. I know, you know, he's off the hip. And what, what a beautiful way to frame how people are perceiving their interactions with her. Because you're so right. If you would come to me and tell me in a way of like, Hey, like you don't understand how people, I don't know that you're seeing how people feel when they interact with you and how that can trickle to a totally different situation. I love that you brought it up like that. And here's where I'm going to bring in my own vulnerability or, or I don't, I, I, I'm going to call it a vulnerability because I've, because I wish that I would have done it differently. Right. So I was known in clinic in the clinic for being hard for any drug rep to get to. I wasn't. Open to, <laughs> I, really? I, I know. So I wasn't open to feedback. I wasn't open to, um, understanding the value that they brought. Right. Like I had certain ones that had personalities that clicked with my personality and because of that, and, and, and they wanted to talk about family and all of these things that matter to me. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is it. Like, I don't, I don't want to talk sales with you because I know, I know you're a salesperson trying to make your paycheck. Right. Yep. yep. So for me, I was always like, if we weren't talking about like family and fishing and, and like connecting and what we did and things like that, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care as much. I felt a very strong pull towards the, towards those kind of deeper connections. When it came yes. to cells, you could not get through. I, you couldn't, I was, I wouldn't even listen. And I wish that I was different about that. Right. But if somebody would have came to me and said, Hey, Jen, you know, when these drug reps leave interactions with you, they feel very unseen and unappreciated and like, they don't even matter. I, I would have handled it way different in that moment, in that moment, 
for, for me, I'm thinking, <sighs> quit trying to sell us on things where we have to, you know, change what we're doing right now because it's already hard enough and like implementing something new and doing all of that stuff. And you're only wanting this so you can get more on your paycheck and da, 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 da. Like, yeah. I, think was, like mm-hmm. I mean, I just felt that like, and I wish that I wouldn't have, because now that I've seen behind the scenes, I, I understand a little bit more about like where they're coming from. So I know that's a little bit of a, a rabbit hole, but, but for me, if I, if it would have been worded that way, it would have been much different. Yeah. It's a lot about, a lot about perspective. I mean, there's plenty of times that I've, you know, felt like I was being treated like, you know, someone who was asking for spare change in a parking lot or something, (laughs) you know, even the people that are asking for spare change in a parking lot don't deserve to be treated without dignity. Mm -mm. And, um, at, you know, you, people can walk away from an interaction like that. Right. And it goes back to like, how were you raised? And, you know, I, I could see this doctor, if, if she was approached as, Hey, you know, your attitude is affecting others. Um, well, everyone is adults here and they need to get over it. Mm. I'm just trying to get the job done. Mm. Right. Um, I, I'm not going to be their mommy and daddy. I'm not their boyfriend and girlfriend. I don't have to be anyone's best friend. Right. We work together. I, and people, function in world in the world that way um but getting them to getting it to appeal to their value system is the best way to get someone to kind of what you know at least turn towards you right and towards towards your perspective so you know i'm very hopeful very optimistic about the fact that this doctor um values the level of patient care that is provided by her support team and the level of client service. And if she feels like, man, the way I'm treating people could be negatively affecting that, um, then she might be a lot more open to this constructive criticism. Well, I mean, Denise, you hit a couple of different points with your response there. Like there should be, this goes back to us talking about accountability, right? Like there should be a certain level of accountability of there's a baseline of how we show up there is a baseline of how we treat our colleagues. There's a baseline of how we treat our pets and there's a baseline of how we treat our clients. And that is a non-negotiable for the way that we're going to be present in this practice and holding true to that and having accountability for people who go outside of that. I mean, that's when, you know, Dr. Earl talks about going into protocol versus culture, right? Like driven. Yep. Yeah. Like if you, if you want to go outside of the culture driven environment, please know that you're entering the land of protocol driven environment. And part of our culture is that we will not accept less than this baseline of treating people with kindness. When you comes to the way that you respond to people, you cannot, there is no excuse in this world of our core values that say, I am just a difficult personality and that's why I'm rude. Like that's not an excuse. You are not that, that is outside of our culture driven values and you are moving into protocol land when 
you choose to continuously show up, even though we have said this, right? And I recognize that this very well could not be a place where there's actual defined culture, but I believe that I believe that this person who's seeing these things should should have some certain level of accountability of like going to leadership and pushing for us to like figure out what that baseline is. Like, how can we show up with this bare basic? Because if she's seeing it, she's recognizing these things that could be potentially running people off. And that's such a nasty, vicious cycle. So that's probably like when it comes down, if we're talking about how I'd respond to this post, I think that would be included in my answer. Yeah, I love that. And this goes back to um, something that Brene Brown talks about with some boundaries and things. She says defining, you know, just saying what isn't okay is only half of the solution. So we we need to define, you know, here's what's okay and here's what's not okay, right? It's okay for you to be angry in a meeting. You get to feel your feelings, but slamming your laptop down and rolling your eyes is not okay. We need to find a better way for you to be able to express express that emotion because you're it's disruptive mm-hmm. to everyone else. Mm-hmm. I often think about the stone being thrown in water, right? Explaining that, especially to veterinarians and people uh, within leadership, within practices, you have a ripple effect. You have a ripple effect. And to to expect that people aren't going to feel, you know, that water pressure, right? Rushing over them um, with, with how you treat them is, it's just not, it's not realistic. Mm-mm. And that mm-hmm. it's not going to reach to to the next person that they're going to interact with and the next person after that. And if you have these yes. feeling all the time, like, I, and that goes back to what you were saying from Brene Brown, because she, like, we will probably say, we should have a drinking game for how many times I make the statement oh clear as kind. So I, I, I would, I'm telling you, I, like I would tattoo that statement on my forehead because I believe in it so deeply, like clear as kind. Here's our baseline. We're not, we're not straying from that. We yep. can find ways to handle these situations, even in our most emotional moments that still do not breach this baseline, you know, whatever that yep. is, clearly define it. And do not let people outside of it. And if they get outside of it, that's when they reach the protocols that have been also clearly defined. And then beyond that, like there's a possibility that they will align better in a culture at a different practice, but it might not be at your clinic. How many times do you see these gatekeepers at these clinics and the, the excuse that's used is That's how they've always been. They show up to work every day Mm -hmm. and they have experience, right? Like that's their reason for allowing that behavior. And that's their reason when really that one person that has that experience, right? They are affecting everybody around them. You have probably multiple like turnover incidences because of the way that person behaved you can have an entire clinic have their attitude completely adjusted by that one person. If they're having a yes. bad day and they're per- and they're more fired up than they usually are, the entire clinic can be affected by that. 
and you're mm-hmm. using these excuses for their safety net outside of your boundaries because they have experience or because they can like show up to work every day. Like right. they're that, a big producer. Me, it just drives me yep. crazy. Like, yep. yes, hiring is difficult right now. And yes, there, there are pe- more people leaving vet med than coming to. And I understand that, but a bad seed that is not willing to be at your baseline of what is accepted in your practice, it is not worth it. Like I would rather train three brand new vet assistants to do that one technician's job. If that means that that toxicness is not showing up anymore. And and ultimately, Denise, I mean, I know you know this, I would want to give that person the opportunity to, to not be that person, but yes, it, it's just, it's, it's just awful. Yes, absolutely. Do. Well, that goes back to the clearest kind. Yep. Goes back to the clearest kind. Agreed. Yep. So. Yep. Okay. So if we're given the response to this post, let's we're given the response to this post. If we're going to give a response to this post, let's summarize it. Like if you, she clearly wasn't seeking really advice. She just wanted to vent, right? It, it, but ultimately, like if you're venting on social media, media you're looking for feedback. You're looking for someone to say something, right? Or right. else the comments would be turned off. So she didn't really ask for um, a solution, I guess. For our, our input. Yeah, for our input. Our like Jen and Denise said, we talked. And we've determined that this is our answer. You know, what would that be? Would it be, hey, like, we know that you've talked to her before. Like, I see that, I see that you put that on here, but I would be pushing a bigger conversation because this is something that's affecting so much, so many more people. Like, with, Mm -hmm. you talked Mm -hmm. about with the water effect. Like, do we, do we kind of put that into the, the, to the reply? Yeah, I think, you know, kind of just like, hey, you know, I, you know, wanted to have a discussion with you because I'm, I'm, I'm noticing something and, you know, one of my responsibilities is to protect the level of patient care and client service that is rendered at this practice. And I'm starting to notice that some people that have interactions with you um, walk away feeling maybe a little belittled um unseen disrespected and it's raising concern for me about how they're interacting with the next client and how they're treating the next patient so i feel a responsibility just to have a discussion with you because i know you care about those things i know you really do um so what are your thoughts on that right and, and be truly be curious with her but frame it up like you said the bigger conversation um so that it appeals to hopefully hopefully it appeals to this doctor's value system and we don't get the i don't know jen i don't I, kind of the old school like oh i got to so you know i got to be nice to everybody yeah you know what i mean like that whole thing like people need to grow up i just you know i just want to get the job done I think you could circumvent that um, by, you know, you're seeking to understand, right? Using one of your tricks, you know, to get people to open up a little bit more to a dialogue um, with that. That's probably, you know, something that I would jot down to that. Mm. 
lovely yes. lady. Okay. I love that. And then, you know, just be prepared. If, if that's not met well to, if you're not leadership, have like a well thought out plan to discuss this with leadership, because, you know, it sounds to me like she has a really good head on her shoulders and she wants everybody to be treated with a certain level of kindness. Um, and if that's not, oh, happening- Jen, you know what, that's a good point. I guess I'm assuming that she's leadership, but she didn't actually state that. Did she? No, she said she has a dominant personality. Yeah. She just, she's just a dominant personality and she's having this conversation because she feels like she can see why this person's like this. She can also see the effect this person's having. Um, and because she relates to it, she's trying to help this person out. Um, but we don't know Mm. if she's in leadership or not. So I think having that conversation and coming from a place of caring, I think is really important. I think saying it in a way like you did to make that connection is really important. And then I think having a backup plan for if it's not received well, like what does that look like when you go to your leadership and say, hey, listen, I've talked to her about this. I tried to have team accountability, right? Because that's really important for you to have team accountability. It shouldn't always be up to the leadership to fix every little problem, right? Like I tried to have team uh, accountability. I had this, this difficult conversation with her. We're still seeing this behavior. It's happening this much. And I just... I feel like I would love for us as a staff or as a team to have a better understanding of how we're going to show up each day. And that's, ah, yes, that's maybe yes, how yes. our answer is crafted together for said post. <laughs> for the JD. Post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Well, that was a good one too. Yeah, it is a good one too. I, I, I like these. I like I like being able to kind of give our takes. So I want people to write into you specifically or, you know, to the. Right into us. The, us. No, but words are powerful. So if I keep saying these things and I'm not going to compare you um, by any means to, to a dog, which I guess it doesn't matter. Cause I'm, I would be totally fine with coming back as a Such dog. An honor. Else, yeah. There's this big bang episode theory one time. I don't know if you ever watched the big bang, but it's a really good TV show and I really enjoyed it. But during part of that thing, one of the scientists was doing um, like a study, right? Where he was using these keywords and every time he said it, he would give like a piece of chocolate, right? And so Uh every time he brought this subject up, he would give a piece of chocolate. So then these people, like the person that he was doing the study on would just start being excited about this subject that he brought up that wasn't exciting at all, right? (laughs) And so for me, it's like, I keep thinking that the more I use the word us, the more you're going to come on here and we can continue these conversations. So I love it. I love it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to train that word into the conversation. Us. So so right into us. Right into us. Uh, Yeah, there we go. And, And that way we can continue to do these. But until then, we will anonymously bring up subjects um, from some of these uh, support groups. Yeah. I love this, Jen. Okay. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. If you are listening and you are not following the podcast yet, yet, please go click follow. Please share the episodes. Please like them and give us a rating. Um, We would love to hear your feedback and we're on all major social media sites. So I guess until next time. Till next time. Take care of you. Bye.